Welcome to KJV Cafe, where the truths of God's Word come alive. Grab a hot cup of coffee or tea and spend some time learning about our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Listen now to Pastor Clark Covington of Heartland Community Baptist Church as he explores great insights from the Word of God. Are you willing to do God's will? I mean, think about it. Are you willing to do God's will? You know, I want to tell you a story to start here. There were two people and they were hunting for gold. They went to a dark cave on a dark night. And one, uh, as they arrived at the cave, they had everything they needed. Metal detector, flashlights, night vision, you name it. The other didn't bring anything. Now, they went in there looking for gold. Who do you think found that gold? Now, more than likely, it was the person that was well-equipped, that was motivated enough, that was prepared. And then you have to ask yourself, why did the other even show up at that cave? What did they think they were going to find, not even willing to do the most basic things to be prepared? You know, Christians are often a lot like those at the cave. You have some that are in God's word, that are into the message, that are studying, that are praying, that are that are uh, judging themselves in their walk, trying to live more like Christ. And there are others that are just showing up, yawning through service, leaving their Bible in the car or even at church, and then just picking it up next time there's service and just going through the motions. You know, why would someone do that? And how could they expect to find treasure? Well, maybe they would do it at a custom. Maybe they go to church out of a guilty conscience. Maybe because of family drags them there. Or for the social aspect, maybe they know someone that goes there or they figure they can advance their career going there. Or maybe they go to church for cultural norms. Not just church, but reading the Bible. They say they want to read it, but they can't find time. Uh, People say they want to read the Bible, they want to get to know God, but they say they can't understand it. And they can't find time to research it. They can't find time to ask anyone about it. And they can't look deeper into the matter to see maybe videos or audio online or ask a, a a pastor. They can't do any of these things. They have a church, they have a Bible, but they do not have an understanding of Christ. You know, Jesus makes a promise in the book of John that boils down to this. If you will, as in if you desire, if you're motivated and earnest to be teachable and to find out who God is, he will reveal himself to you. You know, the the Bible says that the uh, fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom, and that's the truth. You know, do we fear God enough to dive into his word, to want to get to know him, to understand how powerful and how real he is? Let's look at the book of John, chapter 7, verse 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. That's Jesus speaking there. And what does it mean if any man will do his will? It means God gave us a choice. He gave us free will. He won't force us to do his will. It's it's the idea that we show God love by in our free will turning to him and seeking him. And then what God does is he says, okay, if you turn to me, if you seek me, then I'm sovereign. I'm all powerful. I'll reveal myself to you. You know, maybe you've met someone uh, that's lost and maybe you've urged them to just 
try God out, to study his word, maybe to get into uh, one of the books in the New Testament like John or Matthew, Mark or Luke. You know, that's basically what you are instructing that person to do is seek him, seek him earnestly, and then you will find him, or that's your intention is that they will find him. And he says that much. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So Christ is saying, if we seek to do his will, he will meet us there and he'll reveal himself to us. And that's why I saw a yard sign coming back from church last night. And it said something like, don't believe in heaven, big question mark. And then in little letters below it, it said, pray that God will reveal himself to you. You know, that that yard sign, uh, maybe it would have been a, a little bit more... Um, detailed if it said, pick up the book of John in the King James Version, amen. But uh, you know what? It was, it's on to something, and it's scriptural, and it's true. And in my own walk with the Lord, the more that I've sought him, the more he's revealed himself to me. Uh, think about this. Uh, you know, he, uh, in his word, tells us, draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you, uh, or draw, not, draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to us. Uh, and Oftentimes we look at how God is referred to. He's referred to as the ever revealing, the I am. As he's, he's revealing himself to us more and more, the great I am. So what does this all mean? What does it all come down to? It all comes down to faith. Are we willing to count the cost? Are we willing to look at what it would take to get to know God? What it would take to really get in his word? What it would take to uh, maybe carve out that special time for him in the morning or in the evening or both? You know, are we willing to? Do we believe he is who he says he is? And the Bible says, do we believe that he's a rewarder of those that seek him diligently? Not lazily, not haphazardly, but diligently. And you say, well, Brother Clark, it says, if any man will uh, seek the will of God, well, what is the will of God? Well, of course, I believe that the, the, the will of God is to love him, as the first commandment states, with all our heart and our mind and, and our soul, uh, beyond loving him. And by the way, if you love him, you want to get to know him. That's another message, but you get the idea. Uh, but beyond that, there's so much in Scripture. I mean, you know, spend some time looking up what the will of God is. Uh, number one, living upright. It means living without sin. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. So teach me to do thy will. And the psalmist says, lead me into the land of uprightness. What does it mean to be upright? It means to be righteous, Christ-like. So the will of God is to live without sin, to live upright. And we have to really be careful and not use our own definition of what sin is. We need to get in God's word and study it. And that's how we'll start really understanding what sin is. It's very deep and complex and it's deeply rooted in who we are, having the sin curse upon us, even after we're saved. Amen. We are still sinners in the flesh and we need to understand what sin is so we don't commit it. That's one will of God. Another will of God to renew your mind and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by how? By the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's Romans 12 too. That's another will of God. Amen. To renew our mind, how to get into his word. It also means not to be conformed to this world. You know, this world wants us to conform left, right, and center. 
wants us to change the definition of everything, change the definition of uh, man and woman. Uh, they've got gender pronouns now. It's unbelievable. I'm seeing them in my inbox. I want to fall out of my chair. Look, it's man or woman, and it's how God made you, and that's how God made you. Amen. And that's how we should be serving Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. That's Ephesians 6, 6. Not with eye service as men pleasers, right? Not saying, oh, the worldly ways are okay with me and I'll live for the world. No, Jesus makes it very clear uh, in his earthly ministry and in his word uh, that we must take pick sides. You know, the Bible says those that are not with me are against me. Look, it's either or, it's not both. The Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon's like riches. We can't serve the material world and materialism and the false idol of materialism and, and God at the same time. You got to pick. And I've made my choice. I'm serving the Lord. Amen. It's not always easy. Hey, if you think there's not, this pastor doesn't like nice things. I'm human. We all do. Okay. But I'm serving God above all else. I'm turning to God above all else. I'm trusting him for my joy. I'm trusting him for my peace. And it is important. You know, I'm a bond slave to Christ. He bought me with a price. Amen. So serving Christ, another will of God, increasing in knowledge of God and being fruitful in the ministry. That's another will of God. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's Colossians 1, 9 through 10. We are to increase in the knowledge of God. How do we increase in the knowledge of God? Just finished talking about this with our family during our family altar time. We're in the book of Proverbs. We're in chapter 9 now, just wrapped up chapter 8. We're talking about wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? Well, it begins with the fear of the Lord, and it comes from his word. Amen. You see a theme here, serve Christ. We learn how to serve him in his word. Renew your mind from his word. Live upright without sin. Understand his word. Amen. It's Bible, 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 Bible. Don't tell me you don't love the Bible. Give it a chance. Amen. You'll learn to love it because it is our guidebook for life. Amen. I mentioned not sinning, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. So we see the will of the will of God, uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord, the will of our Lord is to abstain from fornication. That's uh, relationships or adult relationships out of uh, outside of marriage. But let's take fornic fornication and just put that in the group of all sin. First Thessalonians 4, 3, for this is the will of God, even for your sanctification, we shouldn't sin. Amen. Psalm 119, 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Again, talking to the family about this tonight, talking to you about it here. We should not sin against the Lord. We need to understand his word so that we don't sin against him. How, if you know what, if I live in a house and let's say I'm living as a guest in a house and the uh, the head of the household and the, the one that's uh, built the house, the one that lives in the house, uh, the, the one uh, that's running the house um, has a set of rules. And if I never read those rules and let's say those rules are quite specific and long, if I never read those rules, what are the odds I'm going to break those rules? Probably pretty good because I didn't bother to read the rules. Well, isn't that like how we live here in this world? A simplistic example. If we don't get into God's word, how can we really understand? You know, God does such a beautiful job, such a magnificent job of painting this picture in the Old Testament, the New Testament, 
of man's sinful nature, of the depth of sin, and at the same time, of his holiness and his grace. And so we see this picture so clearly. You know, when I first heard the definition of coveting, I thought, oh, I I don't do that. And the more I read in the Bible, and the more I understand, I said, gosh, I'm guilty of this sin. Like Paul Paul said, he's guilty of this sin. And you start looking at all these other sins, and you start looking at how holy God is, and you start thinking about uh, things you've done in the past or things you do in the present. You say, oh my Lord, I need you. I need a cleansing. I need to be forgiven. I need to repent of my sin because we understand the depth of it. But how does that understanding comes? By getting in his word. Amen. So I think I've got enough there for you to understand what some of the will of God is beyond loving him with all our heart, minds, and souls. Uh, But what's it going to take? You know, it's going to take an honest desire to know the truth, to do the will of God. Why would someone not have an honest desire to know the truth? Well, they want to live in sin, right? Uh, You know, if you have someone that's going to rob a bank, do they really have an honest desire to let the policeman know or find out if the policeman's going to be there that day? You know, they want to rob that bank. They don't want the policeman to find them out. They want to commit that crime. The sinner wants to sin. It is their nature. This is why Bible teaching, Bible preaching, a lot of times gets tucked under the rug, ignored. I I feel like uh, on YouTube, I'll be honest with you, I could do a cooking show. I'm not a great cook. Ask my wife. Amen. I mean, look, I can make a salad maybe. I try to make popcorn and it fell out of the microwave tonight. But hey, look, I can cook a little bit, but not really. I feel like I could have a cooking show on YouTube and more people would engage with it and share it and talk about it. You get on there and you want to talk about sin and God's will and do you have the will to do his will? Forget it. It, It's ignored. It's cast aside. It's tucked under. So you have to have an honest desire to know the truth. You have to be willing to say, I'm willing to know what it means to serve God. It's like being a student. You know, bad students, they don't want to learn. What do they want to do? They want to have pleasure and laugh and they want to rebel and disrupt. Does that not sound like the world today? Like bad students, like rebellious pupils, like those that just want to ignore reality and just cut up, not understanding the consequences or understanding the consequences and doing it anyways. But what about good students? What about someone that does want to do his will? Because again, this whole message is about understanding that if we will to do his will, if we seek him, He'll reveal himself to us. That's a very powerful statement, and it's truth. God cannot lie. Good students are humble. They're meek. They're quiet when they're instructed. They're great listeners. They ask great questions. In other words, good students are reachable and teachable. God is calling us to be reachable and teachable. Being a teachable, a good student, wanting to learn about God and his will, I hope that's you today. I mean, think about qualities of a good student to go on a little bit more here on that uh, idea eager to learn. A good student is motivated. Are you motivated to get into God's word? You got to be motivated. God's not going to open that Bible, place it in your lap and smack you in the face and say, get to it. (laughs) You got to be motivated. Amen. Think about anything else. Like, you know, people will, uh, want to replace their, um, gosh, want to replace their window or something. And they'll spend days and weeks going through windows and they're motivated to replace that window. But man, what about the window to to God's will and God's desire? What about that window to do something for him great? What about that window into our own heart and our own soul and from our creator? What about that book? Are we motivated? How about this? Are you curious? You know, God's okay with your tough questions. In fact, I think he welcomes them. You're listening to KJV Cafe. 
As you learn the great truths in God's Word, we encourage you to take the verses mentioned in this episode and study them. Trusting God will open your eyes to a deeper understanding of Himself. Now here's Pastor Clark with the rest of today's message. Are you objective? You know, some people, they're subjective, that idea that they have an opinion and they're bringing that opinion to the table. You must be objective when you're approaching the Word of God and doing His will. You cannot come with man's opinions or world's opinions or intellect or anything else. You can't come with that because it will not go with how God wants to do things. God's program is unique. It's of God. It's not of this world. Amen. And that's one reason why we know we serve the true living God, because it is so unique and so fascinating and so brilliant. You know, a good student, they're persistent at finding answers to tough questions. You know, when we get hit a roadblock in God's word, something we don't understand or something we we can't figure out, do we just give up? Or are we persistent? Are we, you know, really getting after the answers? Are we innovative at researching? Look at the tools we have at our fingertips, the smartphone and digital Bibles. We've got study guides and commentaries. You know, there's no excuse for us not to know God's word. Amen. But at the same time, all this technology will be worthless if we're not saved because we must have the Holy Spirit living within us to discern God's word. And then good students are obedient. You know, I used to teach uh, public speaking, if you can believe it, uh, on the college level, University of South Carolina, uh, for some years after finishing school there. And I'll tell you what, you know, the best students, they did not miss class a whole lot or ever. They were very obedient. They were very disciplined and they were there and they did every assignment. They were also tenacious, not readily relinquishing a position, principle or course of action. They're determined. That's the definition of tenacious. And uh, we must be tenacious when approaching God's word. Matter of fact, if Christians today were as tenacious over God's word as they are for those false gods in their lives, like sports, for example, uh, and I'll step on my own toes, you know, following a football team or a basketball team or a baseball team. Oh man, they'll drive hours or days to go see a team play and they'll buy all the uh, memorabilia. They'll study all statistics. Are, are we doing that for God? Are we driving hours to a revival? Amen. Are we studying all the scriptures? Are we praising God? Are we seeking God? Are we living for God? I mean, seriously, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sports. I love sports, but let's put God where he belongs at the top of the list, whatever it is. Let's be tenacious about our God. He's, he was tenacious enough to endure great suffering for us, to drink of the bitter cup of sin, to have the most brutal death ever in human history to save us. Didn't have to. He did it out of a love for us. Yet while we were sinners, he did it. He died on the cross. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Amen. What a powerful picture that paints of his love for us, of the salvation we receive when we receive that free gift, when we accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. We don't need to have works about us to save us. But as the book of James tells us, our works show who our faith, it shows who we are. It shows how we're aligned to the Lord. If we don't have any works, then our faith is dead. Amen. If we say that we're saved and we're living like the world, there's a problem there. You know, if, if I say I can drive and I, I never put my car in drive and I just sit in the car, you're going to say, Brother Clark, you're saying you can drive. I've never seen you drive. You're saying you're a Christian. Are people seeing you in God's word? Are you saying you're a Christian? Are people seeing you in the church house? You say you're a Christian. Are people seeing you serve God? Are they seeing you take up your cross? Amen. I know it's not easy. I know it's hard. I know the world is pulling you in this direction and that direction, but we serve a great God. Amen. And he is saying in this scripture, in our text scripture here, uh, the book of John, I'm just going to find it again here. Uh, in, in our text scripture, 
the book of John, chapter 7, 17, if any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. If any man will to do his will, he's telling us, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is telling us, get in the book, get after it, and I will meet you there. And I have the power, the sovereign power to deliver you from these temptations of the world and from this sin and from these problems and from the stress and from the confusion. I have the power to deliver you, but will you seek me? Will you? You know, a Bible example of this is how Nicodemus approached learning about Jesus. John 3, verses 1 through 2. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. So we see that Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews, a very high up, high level uh, person in, um, in the city there, he had to come at night. Why? Why did he have to come at night? Well, because he's probably afraid of being seen, afraid of being judged. What if he really wasn't that interested? Would he have gone? No, he wouldn't have gone, but he was interested. He was tenacious. He was seeking the Lord. He was coming to the Lord despite the persecution, despite the, the risk. He, ha he had to know. He approached Jesus and said, Rabbi, as in masters and teacher, we know thou art a teacher that come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest. And then you can see uh, in the book of John there, later on, I believe it's in the same chapter, Nicodemus gets rebuked by the Pharisees because they wanted to shame Jesus and uh, disagree with what he was saying. And Nicodemus said, look, no man's ever spoke like this. And the Pharisees said, well, he wasn't born in the right place. So that shows how deep their argument was. But Nicodemus, he was tenacious, amen. Or how about in Mark chapter 2, verse 4, when they take that sick man with a palsy and they hoist him down through the roof to get to Jesus. You know, the Lord is showing us something in his word here. He's showing us the tenacity, the, the fire in the belly, the motivation of those that seek him will not be turned away. Amen. They won't be turned away. Ooh, I wish I could spend some time on that. For time's sake, I got to keep moving. But this is the type of approach God expects from us. Beyond being tenacious, what else involves a good student? Being devoted. You know, imagine if we spent every week, a work week, what you spend at the job studying the Bible. Imagine, say, for five or ten years, how deep would your knowledge be of him and his word? And think of the inverse. How many problems, you know, would you avoid by being in his word? Do you understand? Well, we seek God. We're, we're blessed for seeking God in knowledge and in wisdom and instruction and, and reproof and all of these things. We're blessed. Amen. And yet when we keep putting the book to the side, we keep putting God to the side. Not only are we suffering, not only are we not giving him his proper due, but we are exposing ourselves to our adversary, to the, to the enemy, to the devil that can tempt us with his fiery darts. And God may say, hey, look, go ahead. You know what? Let them fall into a snare so they can come and seek me because they won't do it on their own. You know, when it comes to seeking God, one thing that came to my mind was a, a book by Lee Strobel called The Case for Christ. It was made into a great movie. It's called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. I highly recommend it. And he, Lee Strobel was a skeptic. He was a journalist uh, that had great research skills. I believe he was at the Chicago Tribune, a big newspaper. He reminded me a lot of my dad. You know, my dad uh, is a journalist and grew up in, in that kind of environment. Uh, and so he was a skeptic and he, his wife uh, gets saved and he goes to basically disprove 
uh, Jesus Christ on the cross. And, and, you know, of course, I don't want to spoil the movie, but he gets saved, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a great uh, example of this scripture because he was, God revealed himself to Lee Strobel, who's a real person, he's got a real ministry, you know, now and has for many years. Uh, God revealed himself to him because he was willing to earnestly investigate to see who God was without being willfully ignorant. 2 Peter 3, 5, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. So here it's uh, quoting out of... Uh, Genesis and so forth and creation time. And they're saying for this, they are, they're willingly ignorant, willfully ignorant, willingly ignorant. The idea is people, if you're not willing to do his will, then you are willing to, to be ignorant of it and just hope that it's not going to be that bad. Hope that you can try to rationalize with God at the judgment seat. You know, look, you're going to face judgment and it's going to be the worst, most terrible day ever if you're not saved because your destination is hell. I'll just be point blank with you. You must be willing to do his will. You must be willing to seek him earnestly. And if you are, he'll reveal himself to you. Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved and God's got to be in it. You know, I can urge you all day long to seek the Lord and to live for God, uh, uh, to be saved, but I can't argue you into salvation. I could tell you the plan of salvation. I could tell you that Jesus loves you. I could tell you that he died for your sins. I could tell you that in the scripture it says that the Lord uh, desires all to come to a repentance, for all to be saved. Uh, I could tell you that it says that whosoever uh, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That whosoever is you today. It could be you today. You could be saved, but you've got to believe. You cannot uh, come with an unbelief. You cannot come with a, a, a plan like a manipulation or a game. God sees through everything. He made you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. Amen. He sees through it all. But any, anybody that does it, you know, I love this scripture. If any, if any man will, that offer Jesus makes us open to everyone. Second uh, Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some man count slackness, but is long suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God invites all to investigate him. This is how unlikely folks are saved. You know, he knows you and he'll reveal himself to you in a way that'll resonate with you personally. His revelation will root from the study of his word, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he'll reveal himself in a way that'll resonate with you personally. He'll reveal himself through his word. He's faithful and true to the promise he made in, uh, in John 7. God cannot lie. I mean, you can see that in Numbers 23, 19, Titus chapter 1, verse 2, and Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. God cannot lie. So just understand this simple point. When God makes the offer, it's as good as being set in stone. There's no need to question it. And the result is amazing. You know, when we seek God, he reveals himself to us. What's the result? If we're willing, if we're meek, we're teachable. Uh, he'll show us who he is. He'll give us uh, discernment over false prophets, men that claim to be of God, false doctrine, etc. cetera. Uh, God's Holy Spirit living within us when we're saved. And his Holy Word, it's going to nurture us. It's going to convict us and teach us these truths as we seek them. The fruit of God's will is happiness. Uh, I delight to do the, thy will, O oh my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart, Psalm 40, uh, verse 8. The fruit of God's will is being in heaven. Not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the 
will of my Father which is in heaven. That's Matthew 7.21. Wow. I mean, you can go on and on. Doing the will of the Father, you're like the sister and brother to Jesus Christ. There's more scripture being in heaven. Uh, there's, there's more scripture about being close to God when you do his will. There's so much goodness that comes from his will. But we must be willing to, uh, as First Peter 2 puts it, lay aside all malice and guile and hypocrisies. And as a baby would desire that sincere milk of the word so that we can grow, we must desire the Lord. You know, he's been gracious to us. He's been good to us. He's, he's, he's helped us. He's given us another day. Amen. If you're listening to this, God's given you another day. You should thank him for it. I thank him for it today. I thank him for the opportunity to preach to you here today. Hopefully teach you something or inspire you and light a fire in you to get close to him. Look, God is so good. I'm just a, a humble preacher. I'm nobody special, but I want you to be close to him because I know the benefits that being close to him is better than being close to anyone else here, there, or anywhere else. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is the best. He is the best of the best, and he wants a closeness with you, but he won't force your hand. He won't. And maybe uh, you're close to him, but you could do better. Let's just pray today that you do better. Let's pray that you get close to him, that you're as close to him this year that you've ever been before in your life. I thank you so much. I wish I had more time to expand on this, but remember that God is faithful and that he promises that if we seek him, if we have the will to do his will, then we'll know him and he'll reveal himself to us. And that's a great start to doing great things for God. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward uh, to being on the air again soon. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for visiting the cafe today. Our goal is to inspire you with the truth and depth of God's Word in a straightforward manner. Do you know Jesus? You can today. Visit kjvcafe.com to learn more about God's great plan of salvation for all of mankind. Until next time, remember, as Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 puts it, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness.